0: 92% of households that join Peloton early in the year are still active a year later. Because of cycling? We also have a treadmill in Peloton Guide. Guide, the thing that counts your reps? Yeah, it turns your TV into an AI-powered personal trainer. And with training programs like A Stronger You, Peloton Guide takes all the guesswork out of working out. 92% 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton tread, guide, or bikes risk-free with the 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.ca slash home dash trial. This is Dream Power Radio, the place where your dreams turn into reality. Here is your host, Debbie Specter weissman
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Dream Power Radio on the amazing Women and Men of Power Network, the world's leading positive programming network powered by Raven International. I'm your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman, the Dream Coach. This is a show where we talk about dreams, both daytime and nighttime dreams, and how you can use them to make the internal shift to a life you love. And that is the goal to discover what lights you up and how to transform that into a life that enables you to thrive. But if you're like a lot of us, me included, that might seem kind of hard to do right now that we're in the middle of this pandemic we're having. I mean, the rules have changed. Everything we have taken for granted has been turned upside down. We literally have to stay in our homes, avoid human contact, and take whatever measures we can to stay safe. Well, those are the negatives of our new reality. The truth is, we're all facing a crisis none of us have seen before in our lifetimes, and that may make us feel helpless. However, we do have a choice. We can choose to see ourselves as victims and hide away until it passes, or we can make the choice to look at it as a time to thrive. If you've listened to any of my recent podcasts, you may have heard me speak about my own experience with my, feeling my own dark night of the soul, and how I realized that I could make the choice to wallow in it, or make the choice to turn it on its head, and see it instead as the dawn of a new creation. Now, the thing is, we can all do this. It's not easy, but we can especially if we can turn to experts to help us. And that's why I'm happy to call on the wisdom of my guest, Marsh Engel. Marsh is an entrepreneur, author, coach, and has dedicated her life to helping women untap their potentials, liberate the power of their creativity, and create successes in their lives. She's the best-selling author of The Sacred Agreements and the Amazing Women Legacy series. Welcome to Dream Power Radio, Marsh. Thank you so much. Thrilled to be here with you. Thank you. Great. Marsh, how do we all get through this? Oh my gosh, you know, I think that
0: the theme of your show, dreams, is the perfect, perfect conversation that we have, because I think many times we forget how very powerful we are at creators, and that our dream At night and our dream during the day can merge very powerfully to create big shifts in our life. And as you were uh, making the introduction, I was listening so intently, I was thinking about how we're almost, this time of our life, this time of our experience is forcing us into stillness. And if we really want to tap into our dreams at the level that you and I are talking about here today, stillness is essential to that. So I can't think of anything that creates more stillness than to be in our homes, isolated, or it can feel very isolating, but isolated, quiet, and forced into exploring more meditation, exploring more stillness.
1: Mm, That is so powerful and so well said. The one thing that keeps going through my mind, I think when people hear about this and just what goes through, I think a lot of people's mind in general is just fear, it just keeps them from being still. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have to help people uh, deal with their fears?
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's such, um, it's very prevalent. I don't think it's something to be overlooked. You know, when the, the word first came uh, that we were going to be isolated or we were going to be, what do they call it, social distancing, um, I had a major event that was scheduled for April 1st which is, uh, you know, two, three weeks from now, two weeks from now. And it's sold out, a sold out event. And I was thrilled to have a sold out event because it's the first event I've hosted for a while. And the first thing that came up were waves of fear fear that how would I ever reschedule this, how would I, am I disappointing people, are they, you know, they need this now more than ever, what are we going to do, and the waves of fear, I have great compassion for what that feels like, when all at once, what we thought was going to be happening is turned upside down and it's we've got to completely pivot into something new and I went you know I just thought I can either go into fear and go into victim over this as any of us can or I can be fierce I can be fierce with my creativity I can be fierce with finding new answers I can be fierce with and I'll just use the word dreaming dreaming in new solutions Dreaming in new direction and before we knew it. It was amazing to me how Focusing from the fear and letting it overwhelm to moving that same creative energy and Refocusing it redirecting it to how can I be fierce with this experience? How can I come up with new ideas and before we knew it it, literally within hours we had a virtual summit scheduled and all of the staffing and all of the team in place to do a virtual summit which I've never done before so I was walking completely into the unknown but the team came together around it now what happened when I went from fear fear based thinking or dreaming to fierce based dreaming or thinking and my focus shifted is that I opened up to the positives that were coming from moving from a live event To a virtual event. So, the numbers that we could reach, the number of people we could bring together, the the ways that we could creatively engage a, a larger community, all of the goodness that's coming from that shift that was kind of a forced shift, but something very good is coming from it. So, I think that the question is how can we move through this and what can we do? I think the first thing we have to do is take very conscious control of the point of our focus am i being consumed in worry and self doubt doubt for my future and fear or can i look at this current moment where i'm standing right now and what i do have control over and how can i look at my current situation and begin to shift it in the direction of real fierce power
1: mm, that's so true and you know when you're talking i kept thinking of that old cliche you know making lemons out of lemonade yes and the idea is that when you can shift your mind off of the negative and start thinking about the positive all kinds of creative solutions to problems come up you know i was i was reading the other day i don't know how true this is but maybe it's just a, a uh, you know an example if not the actual truth is that during one of the plagues in in london uh during shakespeare's lives that's when he wrote King Lear when he was forced to, to be confined in a space and he came up with King Lear. So you do have the opportunity to create miracles if you get out of that fear-based you know, attitude. Uh, I
0: love that understanding because the truth is, is that creativity flourishes when we're still. Creativity cannot flourish when we're overextended, when we're busy, when our minds are spinning, when we're going from meeting to meeting and, and this and that, uh, our, our creativity cannot flourish. It can't find a footing. It can't find grounding. So when we're truly in our highest creative state, it's we're, it's actually what we're doing right now. We're starting to isolate a little bit more, find that stillness, give ourselves time to go through, you know, if it is, if there is fear coming up, walk through that, clear the path to where new clarity can become begin to come from the other side of that and i i love that i think the ideas happen you know one of the i don't talk often about this but i had spine surgery i don't even know if you knew this or not but i had spine surgery and spine surgery for anyone that's had it knows you are in a forced stillness you cannot go out a lot you have to stay in You know, you really don't, for the most part, I did not feel like entertaining a lot of conversation or having a lot of people in. I had my fair share of visitors, but it was really a time for me to recalibrate recalibrate my creativity, recalibrate the direction that I w- wish to go in, recalibrate uh, the new ideas that I hadn't act upon yet that were sitting on my shelf that maybe I'd put over on the side. I-, I think it's about recalibrating how I connected with the deeper level of my own creativity and how I wish to bring that out into the world, knowing that that, that spine surgery, the length of that, my recovery was about a year, recovering of that and knowing that that recovery was going to be coming to an end, how did I want to step back out into the world? How did I want to create something new and fresh and dynamic and show up as more of a a fuller expression of what and who and how I'd like my life to look? And so I think that, You know, I can the analogy of spine surgery and that year long recovery, and what we're going through now with having to be in, um, is very much similar. I went through my levels of fear and my levels of doubt. I went through all of the deep, deep levels of healing, and I think that's what we're really being encouraged and inspired to face right now. Not always comfortable for any of us. Okay, how much inner work we've done, we're all going to face new parts of ourselves when we're put into a situation that's very unfamiliar and uncomfortable.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody is perfect or has the the perfect solution to everything. We're all works in progress. I mean, just always going. But, you know, I do think that there's a blessing in in this horrible situation that we've all been put in. And because I think about one of the thoughts that kept going through my mind is, you know, the pioneer woman who lived 150 years ago, you know, in, in this farm all by herself in Kansas, you know, she probably thought she had a pretty good life. You know, she was in, in shelter. She was able to grow her own food and be self-sufficient and it probably felt really good. And, and we've kind of been spoiled in this, you know, technological age that we live in and having all this stuff and then realizing, well, it makes us start to question everything like what is important to us. What do we really need? You know, it can be a distraction.
0: It can be a distraction, and we get caught up in the whirlwind of what, you know, many times we think we should be creating versus what we truly wish to create, and I'll go back to that. I'm, I'm a big uh, big believer in creating as much stillness as possible so that our creativity can really flourish, and uh, those new ideas, and I love... Uh, You know, There's a lot of examples about how when we do go into that kind of isolation, that quietness or that stillness, that we really can come up with new solutions and new answers and new ways of being and and directing. I I spoke with a client yesterday that just returned from India. And she said, India is such a still. Their life in India, even though it can look like poverty, there's such a stillness among the people. And there's such a collaboration and a community among the people and that she said what she came I said what was the one takeaway that you came back with from the trip to India and she said how very extra we live here in the United States and how very very I think um, a minimalism would not we don't have to go complete minimalism but how much we can carve back how much we can shift back into an easier way of living a more um I think a more conscious way of living, but also more ease. I think not over, overdoing or over needing to do or over needing to, uh, uh, be or create something that maybe pushes us outside of what we truly are called to be. Do you think women are natural leaders, I think natural leaders, absolutely, without a question. You know, I've led a woman's movement called Amazing Woman for over 25 years now. Can you believe? Back in, uh, you know, the early, early days of that movement, uh, women did not see themselves as leaders, even as as uh, short a time as 10 years ago, women when I would say I would use the word leadership and I used the word feminine leadership. And you know a lot of what I speak about in my writing is how when I first put the word feminine next to leadership and the pushback that I got from that, it's like, wait, we can't be feminine and leaders. And I'm like, well we most certainly can't. It's actually our most powerful track of being leaders and that's to tap into that unconscious, to tap into, our abilities to bring forth creativity through our intuitive callings and to really stand true to finding those new answers that we're capable of bringing forth because of our vast creative abilities. And as women, you know, I could speak for eons about this because I'm such a believer that we as women are only just getting started, just now. And I believe that when things, situations like what we're, what we're facing right now, come to be, now's the time we're being called to step up into that innovation that we're so capable of and bringing community together, collaborating on building businesses and building projects and programs together, uh, using each of our own individual greatest strengths and greatest power and greatest values and merging those together to come up with new answers. I'm I'm such a believer that, you know, you ask the question that would rig Really trigger my enthusiasm because uh, I think that the what I see in the future for women is so vast and so beautiful and so powerful and so dynamic that I that's why I say we're only
1: just now getting started. Mm-hmm. Well, for a long time, I think women were made to feel small, and and you know it's taken a lot of of effort and a lot of a lot of pain that's- and a lot of growth to get past that and
0: we're still you know what the truth is we're still there we're still digging deep It, it runs deep in our dna and in our consciousness so what we have to do is we really have to make a dynamic shift in our awareness and redefine what it is to be feminine and what it is to be a leader what it is to be successful what it is to be trusting of ourselves and one another, we really have to go into a complete redefinition. So you're absolutely right. We were, um, you know, that that sense of being small or being incapable or being not worthy. Uh, all of these are painful thoughts for me to imagine that any of us as women, any of us, including myself, would ever feel that about ourselves But the truth is, It was um, very much in our culture, very much alive, and we bought into that. We believed that. At one point or another, we said, yeah, that's just the way it is. And, you know, I'm saying, hey, let's shake things up. Let's, uh, Let's be a little bit of a rebel, maybe a lot of a rebel, within ourselves. Not pushing back to the outer world, but within ourselves and say, I'm no longer going to buy into the belief that says I'm anything other than incredibly creative and innovative, incredibly dynamic, incredibly insightful. And indeed, I am leading my life from the most powerful place I can, being the example of how others can lead if they choose to do so, and taking that uh, with the highest sense of sacredness, I would say.
1: Yeah. Uh, one of the things, that though, the, one of the qualities that, that you would need uh to be a leader is self confidence and how how does somebody instill self confidence hmm. in themselves
0: boy i think there's two ways i used to believe that self confidence was was gained through the action of doing But now I think it's also through the reflection. We could call this esteem, but I believe confidence also, there's an inner confidence that we can ignite within us. And that's remembering those times that we did face challenges and we did break through. It's remembering the good ideas that we did have or that we do have and begin to infuse them with a self-trust. I think it's about um, standing true to what we know we're capable of, and then having the courage to be able to act upon that. And through that, I believe confidence then becomes birthed. Um, I I used to, I really was a believer that said, go do it. And then through the doing, you know, you're going to gain the confidence. I think it's about nurturing that that inner leader within us that says you're much, much, much more capable, perhaps, than what you've imagined. And let's look in the, let's point our focus in the direction of really where your gifts are, your talents are, your power is, um, your in inno- your ability to innovate is, your good ideas that maybe you've yet to act upon. Let's begin to start to infuse that with a, a level of trust and knowing. I, I will say that when we disregard. You know, think about this for a minute. When we disregard what we're here to do, our calling, our sense of purpose, our sense of Uh, being as a reflection in the world, the ability that we have to bring forth an energetic quality that can shift a room, uh, the level of love that we bring forth, all of these qualities that are very much feminine. But if we disregard those, we're really, that's like the, the ultimate insult. That's the ultimate disregard of our own life. And I think that, you know, right now what we need more than anything especially on today, this this conversation today, what we need to encourage more than anything is for all of us to step up and to be true to that calling because we have no idea the difference that we can make until we start to uh, step forward, open our voices, share our love, share our insight, share our passion, share our creativity, and it may be exactly what someone's waiting for in this moment.
1: Mm, Amen to that. Uh, We're going to talk more about this, but we have to take a little break now we are speaking with author and entrepreneur coach extraordinaire marsh engel we'll be right back what do thomas jefferson elias howe and paul mccartney have in common they all understood the value of dreams and as a result the ideas inventions and creations from their dreams affect us to this day what great ideas are you leaving on your pillow at night Sign up for a complimentary consultation at my website, thedreamcoach.net, and discover why your dreams are a terrible thing to waste.
0: Welcome back to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Specter weissman
1: Yes, and welcome back to Dream Power Radio. I'm your host, Debbie Specter weissman and we're speaking with Marsh Engel about not only surviving, but thriving during the pandemic. Marsh, one of the things that you just spoke so eloquently about leadership and women finding their their power, uh, you mentioned a word that I I just want to drill down a bit on, which was courage. How do you develop the courage Mm -hmm. to burst out all those things that you may feel that you hold inside, but still have that last fear about letting go?
0: Boy, that is such a good question. And I don't know that I've given a lot of thought about how you actually create courage other than I would say there's a couple things that come to mind. The first one is, and I can say this so honestly, is to not overthink. And the reason I say I can say it honestly is that I am an overthinker. I've earned that title well. Well of overthinking and I found that if there's any one thing that will stop me cold or stop any of my clients that I coach, cold in their tracks is to overthink and over decide or revisit decisions over and over and over again. And that really halts our creativity. And when we halt our creativity, there's it's really the outpicturing is a lack of courage. I have a lack of courage to move forward because I'm not feeling an attunement or an alignment to my creativity. I'm not feeling free in it. So I think the number one thing i say is that we've got to find a way we must find a way to pause the overthinking get very very clear on what the intention is that you're wishing to create all of my you know my actions Um, all of the I was going to say inventions or creativity put into form so the books that I've written all of the ideas that have taken shape as events or uh, I used to do conversations with amazing women that I was lucky that you were able to attend many times Uh, all of the programs that have been developed the movement that was developed all of that came from a very, very clear intention. Even uh, we, we just have a, a bestseller that's out that just released, um, I guess it was two weeks ago, called Lead Amazing Woman Lead. The intention was place this book into the hands of as many women as possible. And we all, the group that came together for that book, we all held that common thread of intention. So I think it's very important. Courage stems from being very clear and very connected with your intention. The other thing that comes to mind is why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? When I know why I'm doing something, which is very related to intention, but the why that I'm doing something, if I stay true to that, even if a wave of rejection comes to me, if I can stay true to my why, it doesn't doesn't distract me. It doesn't discourage me because I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. So all of these actions that I think or mindsets that I'm describing, I think those are excellent for giving birth to levels of courage. I don't know that courage is our natural state. Maybe it is. I think it's not. I think that overthinking, I think that self-doubt. I think of that we've been taught to not trust. There's all kinds of things that merge together to give us that sense of lack of courage. When we can wade through all of that, no longer believe, be the believer of that dream, create the new dream that we're dreaming, which is someone that's very capable has great value to offer very clear in their intention very clear in the why that motivates them forward to take action and to pu- push a pause button of overthinking and uh rethinking or redefining over and over and over again
1: and when cool, we can do those things courage is right on the other side of it makes so much sense you know and i'm reminded of you know in dream work when you know it- help somebody understand their dream. You know, I say, well, the dream, it's nice to know what the dream means, but it doesn't mean anything unless you take action on what you've learned from the dream. And it's all about that that idea of taking action and that simple act that makes everything propel forward. True. I'm reminded of the expression, which I will botch up because I know I can never memorize it correctly, but uh, it's along the lines of, you know, leap, and you'll grow wings and fly. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yes. Yes. I want to just change subject a little bit, because you talked a lot about creativity. And usually when we talk about the word creative, we apply it to people like writers and musicians and artists and people like that. But we are all creative beings, aren't we?
0: I think with every thought we have, with every word we express, I think with every action that we take, we're creating. But it begins with our own mindset. We're creating through our mindset that then gives us that motivation of language and then like motivation of language ignites the motivation of action. And then we're, you know, merge that with thought and what you have is creativity. I believe it's flowing through every, every aspect of our beingness. So many times I know you're exactly right. Many times people think when they hear the word creativity, they think of a beautiful painting or they think of a beautiful book that's been written, or they think of, I don't know, any myriad of things. Dance could be considered creativity. Um, All of the different expressions of creativity, but I think what we overlook and we forget most often is that we're all creative beings. And when we start to look at how powerful we are as being a creator, how very powerful we are at putting our energy into action, how very powerful we are at dreaming of the way we really truly wish our life to look and then act upon those ideas and that we're creating all the time. So there's um, maybe it's an overlooked value that we all carry, but I believe it's the merging of the thought, the, the words, and the
1: actions that give us our creativity. In your book, The Sacred Agreements, uh, one of the agreements you talk about, I think it may even be one of the first ones, is the idea of spontaneity. Uh, mm. What do you mean by spontaneity? Oh,
0: spontaneity. Well, I, that's a perfect one to bring up because spontaneity for me, was, is, it's not um, a natural <laughs> instinct for me. I had to learn it. And, and the reason I write about it often is, and speak about it often is because I believe we're a culture of overthinking. And we're a culture of self-doubt. If we begin to look at, can you imagine that? If our if we're living from a place of intention, which means that we're drawing to us opportunities, connections, the people, the we're drawing to us the new ideas, the new answers. If we're draw, if we believe in working from a place of intention, and we know that we're drawing to us these answers, our job becomes being spontaneous and responding without overthinking it. Does it make sense? So it's that, okay, so we're working from this place of intention. We're drawing to us the answers that that will allow us to create the vision that we're holding. But if the, if somebody knocks at the door and we're not willing to answer it or open the door, or if a solution comes to us and we're not, we're overthinking it and we're putting a lot of infusing it with self-doubt or doubt in the, how could it be that easy? And sometimes it is seriously that easy. You hold a clear intention that you're in complete alignment with the doors open, the answers come, the solutions reveal, and our job is to be spontaneous. To allow ourselves to receive it so what do we need when we're spontaneous we need to be receptive to the ease of that experience we need to be receptive mindful very present to what's coming to us allowing ourselves to know that were such powerful creators that were drawing to us all the time, golden opportunities. We literally, I can remember, you'll love this. I was in San Diego, living in San Diego at the time, and I was just beginning to be the dream of being an author. And I was living in San Diego, I was sitting at my office at my desk, and I got this insight to get up and go to the movies. And I'm in the throes of my work. And here I am, like, wait, how could I possibly be called to go to the movies? I'm in the middle of my work day. Go to the movies. Go to the movies. I thought, okay, I'm going to get up and I'll go to the movies. Got in the car, drove to the movie theater. Big, long line of people waiting in line. Don't even remember what the movie was. But what I do remember is I stood next to a woman in line, and she said, what, I just have to ask you, what is it that you do? And I was presence of mind to say, I'm writing a book right now, I'm an author, and I'm writing my book. And she said, the reason I ask you is because I'm a a publishing agent, and I'd be very interested in meeting with you in the work that you're doing. So... For me to overthink getting up from my desk, which made no sense to go to the movies in the middle of the day, but do you see where I was being drawn to or her energy was drawing me to her so that we could connect? She did not end up being my agent, but she gave me great, great mentoring and great advice. She spent a lot of time with me. She became a friend of mine and helped me so much in becoming a published author that I became at, at you know a few, I guess, probably a year down the road. So I think that spontaneity is such a powerful tool for us in our creativity that we many times, um, things come to us and we just forget that they're there. We just overlook them or we somehow infuse it with
1: a doubt. Mars, my final question with you. How do people find out more about you and about your work?
0: Oh, thank you for asking that. Thank you. Uh, There's two different ways. You can go to amazingwomannation.com. Lots of good activities. We're launching the campus powered by Amazing Woman Nation, which will provide lots of ways that you can put your creativity into action by writing books, becoming a speaker, uh, just a myriad of ways that you can put your creativity and your creative expression into action uh, right there on amazingwomannation.com. If you're interested in working with me directly, personally as a mentor or as a coach, you can go to MarshEngel.com. And I work very closely. I have a a strong uh, background in branding and in marketing merged with a deep, deep, deep respect for your individual creativity and ability to, uh, to connect with that and help you see it more clearly. So I'd
1: love to work individually with clients as well. And that's at marshengel.com. Wonderful. Marsh, thank you so much for being on Dream Power Radio today. We've been speaking with author and inspirational coach, March Engel, about finding your power in these troubling times. I hope you've enjoyed today's program. Until next time, this is Debbie Specter weissman saying, sweet dreams, everybody.
0: You've been listening to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Specter weissman For more information on Debbie or to sign up for her newsletter, go to dreampowerradio.com. This has been Dream Power Radio on the amazing Women and Men of Power Network, the world's leading positive programming network, powered by Raven International.